0: This is C.J. Kinney for Esoterica, a short feature which delves into the realms of the extraordinary, and today I'm exploring gifting, both giving and receiving. As with Black Friday just past, it is now the season for doing both. And if you are anything like me, you love parts of it and kind of dread some other parts. The parts I love about gifting include getting just the right thing and wrapping it up to be as exciting outside as I hope it will be inside. I love wrapping things beautifully, regardless of the season, but Christmas wrapping is special because it's a multi-day, multi-week event, complete with Christmas movies and songs, festive drinks, and shimmering ribbons ready to embrace shiny papered packages. In my family, it finally frantically finishes up on Christmas Eve somewhere around 2 o'clock in the morning because our family is large and it always takes way longer than we think to get Christmas all, well, wrapped up. Exhausted, we adults crash into our beds, rewarded mere hours later by the joy of arising, bleary-eyed to fresh coffee and the magically sparkling scene of our tree presiding over spills of presents. That first Christmas morning glimpse has never failed to leave me in awe, even now that I am the Santa who creates it. And I love creating it, conjuring the magic of Christmas and putting my family under its spell. You know, proper Christmas magic is consciously crafted with the utmost of care. The gifts should be few but meaningful, reflective of the knowledge we hold dear of one another. In fact, a material present has the power to gift the immaterial when it's spot-on, Gifting the recipient the joy of knowing they are seen, appreciated, and understood by the giver. That's the ideal, but sometimes we givers just miss the mark. And that's the part of gifting that gives me some trouble. You see, until recently, I've been a reluctant collector of gifts I've been unable to let go of, even when I sort of wanted to. I'd try sometimes, but was worried that to... Regift or otherwise release these things was disrespectful or ungrateful. I also worried it might be a little like giving away a part of the person who had given me the gift. So I've dutifully kept these things and along with the decades of perfectly good objects I myself have collected. These things moved with me when I did, occupying new shelves, sills, basements, and boxes And even as I felt guilty each time I've laid eyes on them, even as they cluttered up my closets and my life, even as they eventually seemed to own me more than I owned them, still I allowed them to accumulate, occasionally acquiring new objects to contain and corral them. And before you think I'm somehow unique, simply consider that self-storage is a booming billion-dollar industry literally banking on the fact that we humans have trouble letting things go. And that's why I started working with Mara, an organizing specialist who is teaching me how to keep only that which sparks joy and release the rest, which has been harder than you might think. For instance, one day, while frozen in place holding something gifted to me by someone I love, she asked me if it sparked joy or guilt. Guilt, I answered, guiltily, as I didn't really like it and felt, well, guilty for feeling this way. And so she asked, do you know the purpose of a gift? The purpose of a gift, she said, is to be received once received, the gift has served its purpose, and as receivers, we are now free to keep, re-gift, or release it. <gasps> that was a watershed moment for me, a revolutionary relief, which has not only set me free of the shackles of guilt nurtured by whatever meaning I'd assigned to any given object, but validated what I'd always been told, even when, and perhaps especially when, The giver misses the mark. It really is the thought that counts. For Esoterica, this is CJ Kinney. Thanks for listening.